King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock it's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all-stars before February And after that, King and Yates, after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Two basketball lovers through happenstance Built a bond that led to greatness that advanced Yes sir, BTG Nation Here we go, back at it, episode 12 You know what it is, live and direct from Dubai Um Man, twelve for the year? Nah, nah, nah. Actually, it's the it's the start of the the best month in the on the calendar. Why is it the best month? It's Black History Month. That's what they say. It goes by quick, though. Yeah, it does. Shortest month of the year, but it's also birthday month. You know, changing it up. Fam coming in town. Whose birthday? Mine. Mom, Duke's coming. But you gonna be forty eight? Man, nah. You know I'm a leap year, so I'm really like seven, eight, mm. seven, seven D. Seven, seven, nah. But and uh mom Dukes and Bro coming. So we might even have a special episode when they come in. Put it put everybody we on. Should. <laughs> we should. We should. And we might have yeah. a new spot by there too for the guest episode. Yeah, so we could do that it, for sure. That'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. They come in what, the twenty second? Yeah. And okay. for the whole week. For the third, you know. Um we're gonna definitely yeah, we're going to definitely do some stuff. But HMD, Who Mountain Dubai, you guys know the situation. If you're listening for the first time, me and OG are Americans, but we're in Dubai, expats, and we're building a basketball community called Hoop Mountain Dubai. Um, you can find us at hoopmountain.ae, hoopmountaindxb, on all socials. Um, man, episode 12. Also, it's year 50 for hip-hop. Wow, right? Let's let's make sure. Man, year fifty. Year fifty. No, no, I'm saying this is for my stepfather, James Battle Jr. <laughs> I told you, you told me hip hop was gonna be in and out. Yeah. I told you it was here to last because it was for us, the young people. Y'all had all the love and soul and all that stuff. I, we needed something for us. Yeah, and he told me. That. Took all my two live crew tapes, my, my <laughs> Run DMC, my Beastie Boys, threw all that crap out. I don't like the language they using. You know what I'm saying? That ain't going to last anyway. Yeah. You need to get some temptations. Yeah. Look who's still around. The word, though. Most influential music genre in the world, too. Period. And it influences every single thing. James Battle Jr. Hey, King, listen, dog. We have one of these cafeterias here, right? Cafeteria here. And on their um, menu, right, they got drinks and smoothies and stuff of, like, rap lyrics. What? Uh, can't touch this smoothie. Uh, uh, bet you can't do it like this apple juice. <laughs> like, 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 like crazy stuff like that, bro, in the Middle East. You can't. T- and we talking about it at a random. This is, this is like a carryout spot, but the air version of a carryout. That's what the cafeterias are. That's crazy. <laughs> Yo, know, they, they really, uh, um, good vibes, apples. That's crazy. Good vibes, french fries. Like, that's hip hop. 
that's hip hop. That get, I don't get no better than that, man. But um, we here. We we definitely like I said. I know I've been hinting at it, but we gonna we gonna get in that to that bag. We gonna get into that bag. Um, also we gonna get into the art bag as well. I ain't worried about that one. Nah, it's not in music, man. It, music and art is part of it. It's gonna be you. Gonna, you gonna like it. You gonna like it. There's um, Isaac hit me. Cause you know, I asked him for a favor. He hit me and asked me about some things and he was looking for um, somebody who can do custom sneaker art. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a young black guy um, around here that I, I stumbled across. Actually, my wife showed me and he does, um, he does art. He does some, some fire stuff though. Like, and he like self-taught. And so I was like, let me just reach out and see. Cause he's, a, he listened to the podcast and stuff. Like he made that by hand. Wow. Yeah, right, right, right. And he's doing it by himself out here, you know, different things. And so I was, I reached out and see if he answered back and he locked in. And so we made a connection. So we might have him on a pod. We might be doing a pod inside of an art gallery one day soon. Okay, okay. Yeah, we ex expanding. We could do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, get some cheese. Any, man, listen, anything to get me off this soft-ass couch, killing my back. Come on, I, I hear you. I, I, I come in uh -huh. here. What you want? I come in here 50 years old. I leave out 60. You fifty? You ain't I'm, get a, I'm almost fifty. Man, that'll be a blessing. That's gonna be a blessing, man. The good at fifty, yo. You in prime, like the same same situation. You got all ten of your toes, though. Right. But you, well, know. you know what? If if I could swap two toes for like two million, <laughs> you could take them right now. You get an iced out cane to be living. Listen, <laughs> listen, what prime guy at his disposal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. But. Um, Hoop Dubai. <laughs> Next time we have our podcast, we will be giving an update on Hoop Mountain after our Hoop Star shootout. It's time this weekend. Yeah. We get into it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be nice. We got new kids. We got a nice influx of newbies who've never experienced it as well. Yeah, we just gotta get them to come, man. Yeah, because some of them won't come just because their parents don't know the. Um, how can I say the the importance of it? Yeah. And then the other part is this is something that is absolutely amazing about Dubai. I don't know if not, not all schools, but I'll say 75% of them, they have the opportunities of a lifetime for these kids. Like these kids don't know, they don't understand, but often they go on camping trips as a class, like in the desert, in the mountains, wherever. And now a lot of them who are of age, they are heading to places like Switzerland for a skiing trip. You got yes, you guys are hearing this correctly. These kids are going <laughs> to Switzerland for a skiing trip. And it's not just like the Georgetown prep <laughs> type schools and like it's even the middle of the pack ones going mm -hmm. out the country. We had a kid that he came from London right and now he's here living with his moms and he's like yo coach this is this is crazy like if i tell my friends back home they're gonna think i'm like rich <laughs> richie rich or something overnight yeah. switzerland king could you imagine oh, i know i love switzerland <laughs> i love it that's different man and so that's some really good times in switzerland yeah you, you thinking back you got a, you got a nice watch down there you got a lot of nice everything <laughs> Nice food. Everything was nice. Yeah. Views. Every, everything was nice. G Geneva, good Geneva, Geneva. Good people. Geneva. That's where you go to party. But you know, of course, it was Geneva or Zurich. But then you got like um, Neon, Lyon. You got Lausanne. You got Montreux, Beauvais. You got. Come on, man. Yeah, it's a long list. Freeport. 
Y'all see he dropping the jewels. <laughs> he he been around, you know, globe trotting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, but real nice people there, man. Real, real accepting. Yeah, that's good to hear though. Especially in European countries, because you always hear mixed stories, right? Um, but it always depends on where you go. A lot of times people travel. Don't depends on, it also depends on who you are. True. You know what I'm saying? If you're a jerk, you're gonna go somewhere you get treated like a jerk. True. True. And you're open minded, you're nice, cordial to everybody. Get the same thing. Yeah. So all you kids out there in Dubai that are taking these trips with schools, cherish it, appreciate it. Because you are in the 1% of kids all around the world that have opportunities like that. Um, And enjoy it while you're there because you never know what that can incite in you and and inspire. So with that being said, all of you that are coming to the Hoopstar Shootout, you better bring your game. You know, we are creating, now we're creating a competitive environment. Don't bring just your game, bring your A game. Yeah. Let's kind of shout out to my boy, Alan Watson, with this company called A Game. You got a lot of, got a lot of, got a lot of NBA guys, NFL guys, you know, SEC guys. We're going to get him on soon too. We hear you, A. We hear you, Alan. We're going to make a call smooth, right? Yeah, because you're going to like him because he's designing some, some sweatshirts that Dr. Umar has been wearing. And all the pros been calling, yo, where's mine at? So I told him, I said, we got to get you on because um, Coach Ryan is in the fashion and stuff so you guys can get together. What's funny is We ain't calling smooth for no reason. It's funny is I had uh, had Illy just now watching the Dr. Umar Umar video. (laughs) Dr. Umar, man. Umar is legendary, man. It's, It's not just what he says, it's how he breaks it down. Sure. He he gives you the pauses at the right time, the hand movements at the right time. He closes his eyes, and then he say, and then yeah. I I love him because he'll talk to anybody, 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 so. anybody, anybody. It always the same tempo. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, that's that's something from y'all era too. What talking with a cadence? You know what I'm talking about? Like like um, you know, the, the nation have a cadence when they talk. Right, you know, certain people from like, you know, too short air from that that side of town, they got a cadence when they talk, like you know what I'm saying? Like they got like they talk like they goldie or something. They <laughs> got a little a little something, you know what I'm saying? Like that's something dope. But um let's get into the pod though. We didn't talk too much about this the last last week. Um it's something we've been watching a little while. And if you've been watching the podcast, we have a history of talking about HBCU, because Coach King is an HBCU alum. And um, as long as I've been knowing him and as long as I've been old enough to understand, he's been telling me about the issues within the organizations at HBCUs. And this very spotlight that we've been having on HBCUs since the departure of Deion Sanders from Jackson State and now the the, the meltdown in Bethune-Cookman with Ed Reed, you've been talking about this very same thing for a decade, I've <laughs> you probably even arguing with your boy Chaz about it, about the the dysfunction back there. Um, and you know, I, you see the pivot and Channing Crowder talking to other coaches and saying, he said, "Look, I don't care what y'all talking about. I'm not sending my kids to no HBCU." He said, it "Has nothing to do with me not wanting to support black people, but it's more about the resources, the organization, and the support." Right. Right. It, it's a it's a sensitive subject because you mentioned you mentioned Chaz. You know he's a you know dear friend of mine. I'm godfather to his kid. We used to argue all the time. But in recent years, he's 
finally started to own up to like, yeah, certain things you're right about. And I, you know, because it, when you hear the truth about something you care deeply about, sometimes you don't want to own up to certain things. And, you know, that's the only way you can make progress by owning up to it. And um, there's, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed in the HBCUs, man. It's not the, um, not quite the same way it was, you know, many years ago when, you know, generations before us went to school and graduated from there. Not the same. But King, but like, I don't, I don't know enough about it, right? Because I do remember watching Different World. I do remember watching the Cosby Show. I do remember watching Martin and Martin always having a sweatshirt, you know, showing love to HBCUs and the pride. It gives me, you know, what it gives me the feeling of? It gives me the feeling of how initially the WNBA was popular. Teaspoon, C Coop. Swoops, you know what I'm saying? They on TV, the games is live. Like, it's a lot of different energy. And it was during the 90s or so early. And the HBCUs kind of had that same type of feeling. And then at some point, it just it just fell off. Like, like was it, I don't know, was it a generational thing? Was it a family thing? Like, what what happened with HBCUs? And it's a, <laughs> it's a combination of things, man. With It's the old regime not willing to adapt mm. to you know the way society is now it's the new students coming in and feeling unappreciated and and then not wanting to to support the school yeah you know that's why the you know <clears throat> the donations to some HBCUs or I say a large majority of them is so low because you know people are like why would I give back to something that didn't give me 110% of what it mm. could have you know and and in the 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 love is still there, but the support isn't. Yeah, it's it's two different things. You can love something and not be there. Yeah, support is when you're there all the time mm-hmm. for every event, for every opportunity to to do something for the school. And you know you're just not gonna take time out of your life to go do something that's forced. You have to want to do it, and and that's just where we are right now. You think about <clears throat> Bethune Cookman in in question because we're talking about Ed Reed. You know, you got Reggie Theus down there, man. He's a he's a basketball legend. And he of all people should be one to make sure that we do things the right way because I'm in charge. It's my name stuck to it. You know, and and you know, and for whatever reason, we we don't do that, man. And so here we you know, here we are. We got a guy like Ed Reed who uh former NFL great who doesn't need the money doesn't need the work, but he wants to help. He yep. wants to coach. He wants to be a part of the you know school community. You know, and don't and don't I don't want to hear this crap about where they gave Ed Reed his first head coaching job. He could be on anybody's staff as an assistant and work his way up. Mm-hmm. He could do that for anybody and make more money as an assistant. But he wants to give back, and you know people just don't respect that. You know, and um, you got to understand like as an administrator, you hire somebody like Ed Reed take a step back and let him do his thing. Mm. If he's out of line, then you, you know, you let him know, Hey, Ed, we don't go for that, but you got to give him a chance to do his thing because there's a lot to change. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot, you know, there's a lot to accomplish. Um, and it needs to be accomplished in a short period of time. And you got to let him do it his way because you know, what you guys have been doing in the previous 10 to 15 years, they ain't been working. And and he making an immediate impact. Yeah. His, his name alone changes the trajectory of, of recruiting and retainment overnight. Yep. 
That's just bottom line. Yeah, and the eyes and the resources. You know, he was putting together, you told me about it, then a report came back. He was putting that putting together a group of billionaires to redesign, refurbish, just bring in a whole new facility for everything. Yep. And what are the kids complaining about right now? <laughs> not having exactly that. Right. And so They're but not having the basics. The basics. You're sharing helmets. Like listen, all right, wait, let me let's 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 cut the chase on that. I don't care what level of football you play in the States, you should not be sharing helmets. I don't care what level. Pee-wee, uh, ankle biters, um, middle school, high school, you shouldn't be sharing helmets. I'm That's sorry. nasty as hell. Like, how, man, you talk, how does that make you feel as a human that somebody is making you do this? And this is the type of sacrifice you got to make just to play the game that you love, right? And he, I'm at a D1 school. Right. And now, so you said something interesting when we shouted out hip hop being 50 years old. You shouted out your stepfather who said it was never going to work, right? Mm -hmm. And then we talked about the old regime not adapting or not wanting to adapt to the new age, right? Because I can, I can see that old regime thinking that, all right, you guys got to earn everything for this new era that's coming in here because we didn't have it back then. So you got to learn how to work without it right now. But that's not how things should be. Right. Like if, if we coming into the school, we shouldn't have the same textbook, same resources that you had in the 80s, <laughs> because that's what made you who you are now. Like, no, you should you should be putting more money into the school and so that we can catch up and be ahead. And so that when we get out, we have that extra advantage and we can say we did it at our place. That's one thing that I see, too, is um, we we want to pass on the struggle. Right. Like it's kind of kind of because I announced too that we're having a baby boy, you know. Oh. And and just naturally, the one of the first things we think about is that, that I can't have no soft kid. Like I can't, but you don't want to put them in the same type of situations that you were in to be like that. You got to find a different way to learn. But sometimes I see old heads doing that to where they figure I can't give you this to help you step up a little bit because I didn't have it. Well, th that's not even the case here. What you saw in terms of some them bringing back some of the older guys to speak on behalf of the school, mm -hmm. they got paid. Yeah, that's that right. just bullshit. Let, let's just call it like it. That they got paid. Yeah. You don't want to. <clears throat> you don't want to pass on the same struggles per se, but you want them to earn it. Yeah. But we're talking about. We're not talking about the same struggles. We're talking about the basics. Yeah. That listen, man. Yeah. This is. You know what I'm saying? Western civilization, you know, and, and not in third world countries. And Division One, like you said, they should not be sharing helmets and they should not have a place where they can't, they shouldn't have a, um, have to go outside of a shed to change clothes. Right. Like, that's right. just archaic. Yeah. You know, um, 50 years ago at an all black institution, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't. You know what I'm saying? They had other difficulties to overcome but not that well that's that's where the leading because i'm thinking in totality because now i hear you know schools don't have adequate bandwidth for internet you know they don't have the same type of books they're learning old styles of doing things right but well, like you said back in the day they didn't have those issues because the money was there right where's the money going yeah the, money, the money's there now <laughs> where's it, it going it's just misappropriated to we don't know to whatever
Yeah, that's that's no that's, accountability. That's where I'm getting at to where I'm like, all right, some of them old heads would be like, I just take this because they need to learn how to work through the struggle anyway. So I keep this in my pocket. Or they're like, I'm going to take this because I deserve it. I'm entitled to it from mm-hmm. what I went through. No, it's not the same, man. Man, man, it's wrong. Either way, it's wrong. Yep. It's wrong. Whenever you get into this business, whether anything that's helping another person, a human, when you are dedicating your time to helping a human, automatically you got to erase the fact that you're trying to be rich. Yep. That that got to get out the door. Like that can't be your number one, two, or three thing. You get what you need to live, but you dedicated yourself so to helping people. That's education. That's that's you as a uh, in healthcare. That's you as a, a youth sports coach, you as a spiritual leader, whatever. You saying you're going to help somebody that rich, got to get out, got to go out the door. It's your job to figure that out on your own time. Listen, you're in education, man. You're a public servant. Yeah, it's what it is. That's, that's all it is. If you don't want to do that, go work in the private industry somewhere. Man, man. And then when people come and call you out because you didn't do your job and they're coming to call you out because it ain't right, don't try to gang up on them like this now. Right. Yeah, because the truth going to come out. And over time, it's just going to get worse, you know. So shout out to Ed Reed. Yeah. Shout out to Coach Prime. Yeah. <laughs> shout and out. for those of you guys saying that Ed Reed shouldn't have um, taken the social media for certain things to, to air them out, he shouldn't have been so emotional, don't tell a man how he should respond to something he cares deeply about. No matter Ooh. where he played, whether he was an NFL veteran, a military veteran, everybody responds differently. I'd rather him respond that way than not respond at all. Or choke, Shut up. Or choke somebody. Because now you talk about Ed Reed. You guys you guys seen Ed Reed. If he didn't say something on social media and vent that way. Yeah, somebody in the administration would get jacked up. Right. And then we'll be saying, well, Ed Reed got a case against him. You know what I'm saying? So but again, like it's it's so tough. People will sit behind a keyboard and stuff, but like yeah. it's different when a, and if, even for me. It's different when somebody's coming to you and confide, confiding in you because they trust you and you like, all right, I'm going to do all I can to help you. And then you know that they're working hard. You know that you're trying to work hard. But the one thing that's working against you is the powers that be. <laughs> that's a different type of anger. That's a different type of struggle. I've seen you go through it with athletic directors <laughs> in the community. I've seen other coaches go through that and parents just don't understand, like, People just don't understand that type of sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's all you can say, man. Just leave that man alone. Yeah, man. But on a, on a brighter note, you know, NBA All-Star Weekend is creeping up. But this is shaping up to be a legendary year altogether. You know, I've I seen reports and video of LeBron working on a sky hook. So LeBron is like a little. Oh, so he might score the. Listen, the one. That, oh, okay. listen, LeBron is a little over a hundred points away as of today's recording from breaking that record. So in the next three or four games or so, definitely before All Star break, unless he takes a break, he gonna break that that all time scoring record, right? It gotta be in the Staples Center, right? <laughs> now I tell you this: if LeBron breaks that record by doing the sky hook, that'd be crazy. It's the most gangster shit ever. That's crazy. Especially knowing that one, Kareem going to be upset about it because he thought that record was going to last forever. And Kareem don't show no love to Braun. Yeah, he don't show no love to any of the young guys. Yeah, but he be publicly on Braun's neck. And so you know there's no love there. So And Braun a little petty. So if Braun, if, Braun, if you do that, if you do that, 
It's, that's gangster. And you should be a little petty on that. Yeah. Because if I'm, if I'm Kareem, like I've held the record for so long that, and 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 let's let's face it, even if when not if when LeBron breaks it, Kareem is still that guy because you scored those points without a three pointer, without three point shot. So yeah. we still gonna give you like the ultimate prop. So yeah, and you didn't come in at eighteen, right? So let it go, yeah, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Shit. But listen, what what is that looking like? Cause you know everybody's giving their reflections right now as far as the <laughs> players in the league, and they're just like, yo, like Brian been doing this from day one. Mm-hmm. Like this, he here. Like a lot of people, I know KD said, I'm more surprised that at year twenty he still has the energy and passion and love for the game than the fact that he's gonna break the record. Cause he's been averaging twenty something since day one. So it, the break record itself isn't as impressive as wanting to play 20 years at I mean, a high level for I mean, 20 years. I mean, truthfully speaking, he could have he could have broken the record years ago if he if he really just said, let me, you know, let yeah. me just go for it. But he just likes to play, man. Yeah. Well, did you think you would see something like this? Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you saw the trend of how the league was going. Yeah. I mean, you know, after AI and, and Kobe and those guys, the league started getting, you know, a little softer. And if you got if you got game, you can get buckets. Yeah. And so he's got game and longevity. Mm-hmm. I do think that when he breaks it, it can be broken again too, but sooner than his was broken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if if the if the rules continue to be the same. Yeah. But if at some point they change, it may not just because one guys make so much money from the gate, they don't have the same passion that he. You know, we're we're blessed to have seen LeBron. Come into the league, make a lot of money, yeah, and just play. Other guys don't take it like that. Well, there's only one person that I'm thinking, and it's and it's the same person that everybody is saying that if 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 LeBron does get it, the next person that he got to watch out for is Kevin Durant. Where's Kevin Durant now? Like 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 13 or some shit like that. I don't know, but he's also the one that, as far as longevity and the way he scores, and you know he can get there. So that's the that's the one person. Anybody else, you know, I don't think they'll play as consistently because most people don't play as many games yeah. anymore. I don't, I don't know if, if KD's at 13, so I don't know because he'd have to play. I don't know if KD has another eight years in him. And that's the one person I think could do it, though, because it's style of play mainly and efficiency. And, like, wherever he go, he could do what he does for – I mean, this is post-knee injuries and ACL injuries. Yeah. And like, he averaging 30 bones. True. I, I just don't so, – I don't know if – I just know if KD would want to play that. That's the, that's the thing. That's – I yeah. don't see it. Like, LeBron is, like, if he stopped playing today, of course, we know he's a mogul in other industries, but he's doing that while he's playing. Yeah. So if he stops playing – he gonna be feeling yeah. – He gonna be like, what What am I doing? Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be some time breaking. He's got, he's got something – um, to you know, motivate him more than KD, which is I'm gonna play with my sons. Yes. So that's that's different. That's different. Now uh, to add to that, you know, I just gotta I'll make a quick statement. You know, the referees the last Laker in Boston game. Every time the Lakers play the Boston the referee is terrible, and most recently it was crazy again. Yo, we on the 19th floor. If y'all can hear the the motorcycle, just like we did, we on like, the, it's like we're in Motor City. Yeah, we on the 19th floor. It's just crazy. You gotta get a ticket for that. But the refereeing was crazy. Yeah. But what was crazier was Bron's reaction. Yeah, I sent that to you, right? Yeah. 
my, I was watching, I was on Instagram and um, my boy Keith, shout out to what's your need, what's your need online. You guys go get you some gear. He was like, look, Brian, this is the shit we be talking about. You Brian, you can't be acting like that. Like you Brian, you acting like they kidnapped Savannah. <laughs> Brian was on his knees, grabbing his head like he about to cry. But you put on a show, my boy. Yeah. And and everybody needs a friend like Pat Bev. Pat Bev, yeah. <laughs> Yo, you are certified, not ignorant. Ignorant. I love it. I love it. Amen. Who did you get that camera from? <laughs> They mad at Pat for taking the camera on it, but who the hell gave it to him? Who gave him the camera? <laughs> hey man, and they helped him pull his shit up so he could show. Shout out to Pat because because you a lot of people are saying, hey, Rush should have been in the game. Rush should be in the game more later, late situations. Mm-mm. But the one thing Pat can do and has been doing is hitting open three balls. Now, listen, he, even when he misses, he's playing the right way. Yeah. Westbrook does not need to be in there late in the game unless he's got it cooking. Yeah, and you you are playing well off the bench. Yeah, we've seen him come in, do well, but then late in the games just go go ham. So like, nah, can't do it. Yeah. Now with that being said, we did just trade for Rui Hachimura. You know, it's a big six nine guy that came out of Gonzaga, Japanese kid who was drafted by the Wizards. So you know what that is. Once you leave the Wizards, you're gonna flourish. Yeah. You know, and so we give him some time to get right. I understand how to how to play winning basketball. I think he'll be a good addition because another big body, yeah. young, he can catch and shoot. Um, he can guard multiple positions, um, can finish. And so that's a good asset for Braun. Um, interesting take, though. They said that the Bulls would be accepting of a, tra- a trade for Russ and Levine. Now, from what, what do you think as a Laker, if you're from a Laker perspective, would you take that trade? Yeah, I'm taking it because um, Russ is playing well off the bench, but he still had his moments late in the game where he's a little OC. Um, Levine comes in as a starter. So you're not playing from behind. You got a chance to to get out from the jump. Um, and we think if, you know, if you're drafting, I mean, if you're trading for him, your your mindset is that it's a second, it's another chance for him to really show what he can do. Yeah, you know what I mean, and get out of the shadow of, um, you know, the 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 dark clouds he had in in um, Chicago. So, I would take it for sure. Yeah. Definitely don't have anything to lose. Yeah, Levine's young, explosive, and with the style of basketball that Darvin Ham wants us to play, he wants us to play fast. He wants us to get up and down the court. You put Levine in open court. It's poetry in motion. Yeah. Right, somebody getting dunked on, all types of things. And he's improved as a shooter. Yeah. Ex- explosive score. So he just got to learn how to be consistent and do something under the light. Well, that's the, that's the next question. Like, you know, in Chicago, you know, there was no expectations. None. <laughs> he gets in L.A., yeah. you're expecting to, to play well. When so. you get that, when you get that kick out in the corner. And, you know, in L.A., it's dark on the crowd, the spotlight on the court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get that from Braun because six people are on him and everybody looking at you like, oh, Yo, you better make that. You know, that's why I give Pat Bev love because he hit three big joints uh, against Boston, three big ones, and got a tip done. But I think he's like one for eight against the Nets, though. Yeah. He's inconsistent. Braun and them ain't play. Yeah. So now he's taking tougher shots. <laughs> and he got to guard Kyrie. Yeah. And you know Kyrie sauteed him. You know, but he gave a tough battle though. And so that'll be interesting. All star weekend. 
All-Star Weekend. And yet again, you know, we got another, um, you know, discrepancy with the voting and stuff. I think Embiid is not a starter, even though he's leading the league in scoring. Um, he's averaging Who like that squad. It, it's the it's the it's the stuff because you know you got to vote by position, ah. and so it's between him, Giannis, and Tatum. But all three of them can't be, and it's like all three of them need to be. Like who else goes in that yeah, space? So yeah. you know you got to vote by forward, center, and guard, and then that's yeah. it. It's you don't got, even play basketball like that anymore. Yeah, it should just be the five best guys. Yeah, easily, and so. Um, they got the G League representation in it. You know, Matt McCulling is playing is in the dunk contest. What you think of what that? What you call him? Uh, Matt McCulling. That's Matt McClung, man. Oh shit, that's damn. See? <laughs> I don't even know, but he's in the dunk contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you think that is? I don't. How you feel about that? Because I don't like it. No, I, I feel like the G League shouldn't be a part of the league. I mean, the All Star, you know. Invite them, let those dudes come, but they shouldn't be in the part of the All Star game. Yeah. That's exclusive, super exclusive, yeah. and you got to earn it. Yeah. Like that's a different type of. That's one of those things that once you get there, guys cry about mm-hmm. because it's like, yo, like, do you know how much work I put in to get here? The sacrifices, you know what I'm saying? Not how many times I said, no, nah, I'm not going. I'm going back to the gym for the third time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just that's just different. It's a, it's a uh, this fraternity gets even smaller when he gets into that space, mm-hmm. you know. So, but why does the NBA look to get a guy like Matt McClung into the dunk contest? Because the, the the top dunkers in the NBA aren't uh, participating. Man, I, the the players themselves have sabotaged NBA All Star Weekend. Yep. Like when I when I think about it, after Kobe's era. After Kobe, AI, T Mac, and all that, the superstars now don't cherish All Star Weekend like before, because when we used to talk about um, players and their entire resume, we talk about All Star appearances, we talk about three point championships, we talk about dunk championships, and we talk about NBA All Star MVPs because it was it was an honor. You really had to go. It was the greatest show on earth because it was the twenty four best players in the world the best shooters in the world, the best dunkers in the world, and you had to beat them out individually to win this. But now it's like, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's not good for my brand. <laughs> what? Like, right now, if you got a dunk contest with Zion, John Morant, Aaron Gordon, um, who else would be a crazy dunker right now? Even Levine. And Levine. That's special because you think about it. When we talk about um, Vince Carter being the greatest dunker of all time, or you know MJ, MJ has a slam dunk contest under his belt. Kobe has one under his belt. Dr. J has one. You know Spud Webb gets the love that he gets because he beat out some dogs. He beat out Dominique. He beat out Dominique. He beat out dogs for that. Like that's different. You talk about the three point contest. The most legendary moments because when that three point contest, when Larry Bird still had a warm up on. Yeah, when he, he yeah. shot his joint, he's like, yeah, it's over. Yeah, so, like, but who is he shooting against? He's right. not shooting against somebody that's coming off the bench and only shoots three every two games. Right, right. Like, nah, he going against Reggie <laughs> yeah. he going against the top dogs like so now it's like yeah it just don't matter like the players did that yeah players did that so so lead, that leads into is the league a little softer right now? yeah it is because they're afraid if we lose how am I going to be perceived in the public's eye 
Man, it's sports, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like the players sabotage it, and they got to get back. I don't think it'll ever get back because now they're going to be looking for gimmicks to make it more entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so now more people outside of the game going to be able to have a opportunity to experience those things. You're going to start looking at them and one guys to, to come in and do dunk contact. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, they used to be good. Um, Luca putting pressure on the mask. Tell him you better get somebody here because I'm sick of it. <laughs> after after your guy Jerome Allen, Pooh, he was talking trash from the Detroit Pistons bench. I heard about that. And Luca went for fifty three, and he told him, he said, "Look, if the assistant coach gonna chirp, I'm gonna chirp back. I ain't scared. <laughs> leave that boy alone." Yeah, leave him alone. Yeah, <laughs> what would you do? You know, it, so so now I'm glad you brought Luca up because. I'm tired. Ty- the reason I, I, I brought, I'm thinking about this is because the other night I watched um, some highlights of Scott Skiles, right? And it was when Scott Skiles was going through the era of he was losing his hair. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Was it was he in New Jersey then? Ah, uh, Cle- Cleveland. I can't remember what team he was with. Orlando. I think it was Orlando. And so he looked bad. And so and I'm sitting there thinking about Clyde Drexler. He was losing his hair, right? I was like, because people talk about like certain players played against plumbers back in the day. And I'm sitting there thinking about like, Luca looks like he sells insurance, yeah. and he's dropping fifty balls on y'all yeah. with the least amount of athleticism, least amount of speed, and a lot of youth, and he's dropping bombs on y'all. And y'all sitting there talking about the past era, like you guys, come on, yeah. like it doesn't matter what you, it doesn't matter what you look like. Can you ball? Because he went, he always tell you he's going to get a brew right after the game. Oh, for sure. After the 50 piece. In the locker room. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They got it waiting for him. Yeah. It's funny that you said that about the hair, right? Listen, my barber told me, he said, yo, he said, listen, you, you, you're lucky because a lot of people coming in here and getting their cut, they don't have the hair still in the middle. He said, you got it. It's growing up or it's going around all good. He said, the only thing is, he said, while you can, just get those two spots up front. I know somebody. I know a place that you can get the transplants. And I'm like, I'm like, what you talking about? What you talking about? I said, I'm not doing no, no like weave or nothing like that. He said, nah, just take the hair, put it there, and just redo whatever so it can get the blood flowing again and grow. And I was like, I like that idea. I said, you, you know somebody that can do it for good? And he was like, man, yeah. I said, okay. I like to be proactive and not reactive. Yeah, I need that for, <laughs> for my for the yeah. back. Yeah, so I told the wife, I was like, she's like, you're not going ball, don't do it. I said, look, I'll do your little TikTok hacks, your little whatever little oils that you find. If that shit don't work. <laughs> I'm going to go holler at my guy, and I'm going to get it. I, I, I did my research. It's halal. It's permissible. <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to get the Jalen Rose, but I'm going to get it to fit me <laughs> before it's too late. There is nothing you can do about hereditary hair loss except get that implant. Yeah. Because I'm going. If once you show me to do, I'm going. Listen, and they told you the payment plans. So $300 a month, people pay more for that for some shit that don't work. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> for sure. So I'm going to check it out. I told her, I said, listen, I'm a, if it looked like, while I only got a couple, like it ain't crazy, I just need to know that everything else was going to grow. Mm-hmm. The rest of the hair growing, I was like, all right, we, we got some action, baby. We go play. Cause Clyde did look crazy and Clyde was 30. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. That's what I'm thinking about Clyde. Uh, 
you know, Scott Skiles and dudes was like, whoa, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, Mark Aguirre. Yeah, man, was, you know. <laughs> they was, that was that Crown Royal era. Yeah, <laughs> shit, even, even Kobe, man. Oh, yeah. Kobe still had his, but his hairline was. He cut it. It was going, it, it yeah. Every you know every fifty point game, his joint was going back further and further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you be on the road so much, it ain't like now where you got a barber you can call in and fly in. You got to go to the local barber in Denver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get jacked up. Hell yeah! And so that's gonna be a good space. Um, ben Simmons. I ain't even gonna talk about Ben. I, I'll yeah. say this though. I I saw somebody say, "Yo, Ben, get ready to pack it up and go to China." But then I saw a legend, Tyrese Rice, legend from from Richmond, um, ACC legend at Boston College, legend in the Euro League. He was like, "Shit, don't get it twisted. Ben won't survive in China either." Yeah, cause you gotta get buckets. Yeah. Man, you gotta get buckets, and it's tough. Like it's tough. So, Ben, go back to Australia. Matter of fact, no, Ben. Ben, listen, retired, forget, man. forget, no, man, forget that, Ben. We need you here in Dubai. You know what I'm saying? They they got they got leagues out here in Dubai. You play once a week. Like competition is a okay. Once a week, beautiful atmosphere. You'll love it. It's your vibe for sure. You know what I'm saying? Not too tough, not too rough. They'll pay you on time. And you have like a random 40-day break in the middle of the season. So you ain't even gotta worry about showing up on time and all that other good stuff. You got the break. So Ben, when this year is over. And they don't want you in the league no more. Come to the UAE. We'll set you up real nice. You know what I'm saying? We'll get it for you, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Nick Nurse. That's that's the next thing I wanted to Nick get into. Nurse. They said Nick Nurse's his job is on the line because uh they verbatim is right here online. Oh my man. My cousin was with them the other night. It's been a long time. I can't. Yeah, my cousin's real nice. You know, real nostalgic. Shut up. Man, hell no. Nah. Ben is a struggle, boy. You gotta get get right, Ben. Nah, so Nick Nurse. They saying Nick Nurse is on the hot seat because the organization internally is kind of upset that they are in the 12th place with all that talent they have on that roster. This is the guy who got them their first championship. This is a guy who caused a lot of trouble for uh, Giannis in the yep. playoffs. Yep. This is a guy who was coach of the year. And now he is the reason. Now that's what I'm saying. He is the reason that they are not winning because there's still too much talent on that roster. Yeah, I don't see what talent they're talking about. I'm don't just, get me wrong. They're NBA players, but it's not the same talent they've had in years past. Yeah. Not those, close. Those are good guys. Yeah. Solid guys. Guys that if they were on other teams with stars – they would immediately make those teams championship yeah. contenders. Because yeah. that's why everybody's trying to get Fred Van Vliet right now. Yeah, you, the Clippers want him. You got the Star Wars are gone. Um, uh, DeRozan's gone. Kawhi. Lowry's gone. Kawhi's gone. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, Siakam is not who you thought he was. No, not at all. He's good. He's a, he's a good three guy. Yeah, a great one, right? A star in his role. Yeah. Anobi is a bit, you know, a good role player, bit player. Yeah. You know, Van Vliet really, you know, is a bad man sometimes. But he's really, he's a guy that's better suited to be, to come off the bench like um, how, um, what's his name was for uh, San Antonio? Um, Nobody. No, nah, what's the guard's name? He's with the Nets now. Um, 
from Australia. Patty Mills. Patty Mills. Yeah. That's that's the type of role he should be in. He carrying too much of a load. Yes. Way too much of a load. Yeah. Like he, he's good. He's really good. He carved out a good niche for himself, but he has to carry way too yep. much now. Yep. And he's mentioned that. He's mentioned that like his production has changed because now his responsibilities are different. Mm-hmm. Like a whole organization. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so kind of flipping the script a little bit. That's the way Damian Lillard is. When people forget when Damian Lillard came into the league, he was a pass first point guard and he played defense. Mm-hmm. But then the organization changed personnel and the roster and he had to go into a scoring mode. You know, because um, me and your boy TJ were talking about arguing about him and Steph. Again? Again. Dame just put up 60 the other night too. Right. And, but, you know, he's saying whenever they met head to head, I said, there's no way they ever, ever meet head to head Golden State versus Portland. It's not... It's never head to head. It's never. It's Dame versus Portland. Yeah. Listen, uh, just like we didn't talk about this before, but talk about head to head and ask ask TJ how Steph feels when he see Kyrie walk into the building. Yeah, he didn't want to address that. (laughs) He didn't want to address that. I was like, nobody ever wants to address how it when Steph walks in and he sees Kyrie on the other side. The energy is a little bit different. No, no, no. Ky- you know, because Kyrie will guard him, but he won't guard Kyrie. Yeah, and then Kyrie will go one through five. Take he'll take Clay, but he'll put Clay in the mid post. Kyrie six two. Yeah. He's gonna take Draymond off the switch, and then after he's done handling business on y'all, he's gonna make Steph come back, and he gonna, he gonna it's different. Yeah, it's different. Different. You know, it's different, different systems they play in and things like that. So um, yeah, you know. I, we we gonna get TJ on because you know we were arguing about this. I just got like, come on, man, like, yeah, stop bothering. And TJ gonna try to come on here, to sounding like uh, Kendrick Perkins and shit. <laughs> yeah, we go we go call him for sure. But then we got a shout out to the Sacramento Kings, Mike um, Brown. Mike Brown, you gotta love it because Mike Brown has had some tough jobs in the league. You think about it, Mike Brown coached Coach LeBron mm-hmm. and Coach Bean. He was a Lakers coach. Yep. Like, and these are tough places. And he was always really solid in there. And so he had his chance to go back and redeem himself and um, be kind of in that that seat 12 inches over in Golden State and, and pick up on some cultural things and grow again. Man, let's just, let's, and now he's here. There ain't no redeem. There, was a, there were tough jobs. Yeah. Anybody yeah. would fail with those rosters. For sure. You can have Kobe. And, and expectations. That's what yeah. it is. If you, if you got Kobe... That means nothing if it's an older Kobe and you don't have a roster. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got LeBron and you don't have Yeah. Stop that shit. Man. But now he's killing it. He got some young blood. He got some bonus. He got a um he got that young guy out of Iowa. He got De'Aaron Fox, who's on the all-star level back. Actually, both of them are. Um, you know, Mal- Malik Monk left us, got out there, is going crazy too. Um, and so shout out to them. Um, shout out to Shade Gildress Alexander. Averaging thirty one, and he, I, I love the pace that he plays, and he's one of those guys that we're always going to use as reference to players who complain about athleticism. His is art. He using the shoulder bump to get his get his uh, release off. He using pace to get you out of the way. He using shot fakes, using footwork, and he's doing it efficiently too within the mid range, King. Within the mid range and shooting the trade ball too, and he's doing it like he's hitting game winners and game winners against big teams as well. So he's auditioning. He's letting people know I'm a superstar, and and you need to play pay me a max and let me go ahead and get on one of these championship level teams. 
because I think um, they might have said something about him not being on the same level as um, maybe Ben Simmons or somebody in his in his draft class, maybe like two years ago. And he's and he probably just all right, bet we'll see about that. Yeah, stop, man. That's what the work does for you, right? That's what work does for you. But that's our NBA update. As you guys know, after All Star break. We'll start to pick it up on it because that's when the players will start to pick it up. That's when it gets serious. That's when it gets serious. That's when the trades and stuff will be done as well. And we'll see what teams will be heading into in the last part of the season. Um, and we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. And then also March Madness will be creeping up. And so that's when the basketball stuff will be at its highest route. So um, we're going to move into now. Um, a little, you know, this is the same life talk we normally have, but – as you guys know, we got the young bread eater on the, in the background. I hate that name. You, you know why he called himself bread eater? Why? It's real simple. Because he makes, because he bakes bread. Like, like baking? <laughs> Little fucking hot you, cross buns. You, you cook? <laughs> like you bake bread. Hot cross buns. You know, he's he, he British too. <laughs> With like the little hat and the apron on, you, you put all that on? Shut up! I was just joking. You should yeah, be wearing that. It got a mitten too. You know, it got a red one with little lines across. You really make bread? Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> but but I'm 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 talking to the young buck. You know, same thing you used to do with me. Just checking in, seeing on how things are. And the young buck said that you know he was he was talking to his friends about starting the business. And I was like, all right, we must be rubbing off on him. But that that got me to the point to where. He's with us, and he gets, you know, some solid mentorship every now and then. But his friends are out, you know, ain't no telling what's going on. And so I was listening to him, and I was like, man, maybe there's some questions here that that we can talk about on the pod that could be of service to some youngins out here, right? And so when you think about going into business with friends, going into business, period, there's some things personally that you got to consider. Right, because now you are a person that's going to build relationships, and a lot of that is going to be based on how you treat people, how people receive you. You know, like your reputation is what's most important, right? And a, what you got to do is some self evaluation because you got to, you know, grow up, do some things a little different. And so, one question um, I got for you, OG, is: is um, what are some things you had to un unlearn about yourself? Things I had to unlearn about myself. Um, you know, I, th I think I mentioned it before. Being too trusting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just because somebody's your good friend doesn't mean they're going to be good in business for with you. You know, I had to learn that the hard way. You know, you know, almost, you know, you hear a lot of people say, um, the people I go in business with aren't my friends. Rarely does that work. Yeah. You know, LeBron's put us to the test because it's worked with him. Deion Sanders, a few other, you know, but very rarely does that work, man. You know, so I, so now I kind of approach you like, you can be family members to me, you can be um, good friends with me. I really have to think long and hard if I'm going to go into business with you yeah. on anything because I don't know how serious. I don't know if you're going to take it as seriously as I do. You know. On the flip side, you said you had to unlearn how not to be too trusting. Mm -hmm. But then you, did you have to relearn how to trust again? Because at some point you do have to, right? And so does that like give you like, all right, now I got um I got new parameters. 
I don't say I don't say I had to learn how to trust again. I just learned how to put certain um, requirements in place that you have to, um, uh, you know, meet those standards each time in order for me to continue on. Otherwise, I'm I'm out. Yeah. So it's like you always evaluating. Always. Yeah. Always. You know, I'm always complaining about stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always evaluating. That's just me. Yeah. Because you know, I learned my lesson. Yeah. That's. And and you and you should do the same thing with me or right. whoever because if I'm tripping then I need to know like yo you slipping on something right there you know I'm like really you know because if we don't take certain things um uh seriously every day we're gonna we're not gonna survive yeah and and within that you have to learn how to take that you got to learn how to take that like people will look at us and be like, yo, y'all are like in here all the time. Coach King always got something for me. And you got to know when it's a good, that's why you also got to make sure you know who you're going into business with. Because some people manipulate their position. You know, so they treat it like, oh, I'm I'm here. You got to follow this. This is just, this is what it is, right? And sometimes like the boy will cry wolf. Every time you got something to say, and so that one time where you got something to say and it really means something and it really needs to be heard, it ain't trying to anybody trying to hear it because you don't lost credibility, right? And so when you know who you're going into business with, even when like just human nature, you just like, yo, like shit happens. When they bringing that to your attention, you know from history that it's for a reason. And, it's, and you gotta be able to accept that and then be like, yeah, you're right. Let, you know what I'm saying? Let's 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 make sure that goes. So the team, that's the team aspect. That's why it's important for people and parents to put their kids in situations where they learn how to be a part of a team. Because you gotta have you gotta know how to work through those ebbs and flows. Because every great team, you got a moment in a year where everybody hate each other. <laughs> you got that moment. That's gonna happen in business yep. to where it feel like, yo, like like what? Like it's just one of those moments. But those are always the biggest turning points. Because yep. on the other side of that is like, yo, we kept pushing. We didn't waver and it, and it got there. Was there anything else that you had to feel like you unlearned or or put you in a better position to prepare for um, just, just life in general? Um, just like I said, just understanding like I've always been, I think I've always been good in terms of like knowing what I know and what mm. I don't know. And, you know, I'm I'm not shy in anything that I do in life. You know, if there's something I don't know, I ask questions. That's just me. Because the ultimate line, the, you know, I want to get things done. You know, like me, if, if there's something I don't know and I ask you and you don't tell me right away, I might curse you out because I'm like, just tell me what we need to do so we can go yeah. get on with it. And um, <clears throat> before, you know, it was a situation where... I might not ask because one, maybe I didn't want to, um, you know, seem as though I I wasn't in control and things like that. But that's a part of being a leader. Yeah. You know, you got to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, and and, I, and my my weaknesses are somebody else's strength. So therefore, that that is my strength because I know what my weaknesses are and what they can you know you bring to the table to fortify what we're trying to do. So you know, mm-hmm. th- that's probably the biggest thing, man. Man, and when you go into business, you don't have to have it all figured out immediately, right? 
that's something that um is has been helpful because I wanted I started off in an industry that didn't even make sense for me at first. Right? It was close. <laughs> like I didn't sew anything. I didn't know how to write sketches. I didn't know how to design clothing patterns patterns. I didn't know how to do tech packs. I didn't know how to, you know, vet uh apparel factories. I didn't I'm know lost to, already. Yeah, I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. I didn't know how to do any of that. But everybody who ever started didn't know how to do that stuff. But I will say some of the key things that you got to have no matter what it is that you do, you got to be organized, got to be willing to ask questions, and you got to be willing to spend extra time to do self-study. That's the, that's the, that's some of those, some of the things that allow you to separate yourself and grow because you always have to be looking for opportunity to learn. You always got to be organized enough so you can manage all of those things, and you got to ask questions, even shit you think is gonna be dumb, because if you if you just linger on it and you let it just sit there and you have opportunity to ask it and you don't and you go back to the crib and it ends up being something that you it messes you up, it's gonna it's gonna hurt you and then it's gonna cost you some money. <laughs> It's gonna cost you some money. We you know it's gonna make you have to go back and do three websites, <laughs> and then get the fourth one right. Like it's gonna have those things, man. But uh, besides that, being a boss is exhausting. I let him. I let him drop in on that. Being a boss is exhausting. I'd I'd say the most exhausting part. Well, the two most exhausting parts is one. Um, everything's on you. You know, if you're not um, making sure everybody's doing everybody's doing their part, you're not leading the ship in the right direction, and it fails. It ultimately is on you, and so many people are counting on you. Second thing is leading by example, um, and I try to be an example each day of, you know, trying to outwork everybody, because you know if I'm not working hard, what's going to motivate other people to work hard in the infancy stage of a company? You know, and, uh, you know, even when we get to a space where I start to move, remove myself from certain aspects of the of certain avenues of the company, that means I'm just ingratiating myself in other avenues of the company to further the company. But, you know, as a leader, man, you know, just always working hard, always working hard and, you know, you know, leading by example and uh, and helping others, you know, not only, um, you know, fulfill their obligations, but also to, to extend beyond, you know, what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not building up people working with you, you're not a leader. Man. And before you become the boss, you got to learn how to work for a boss. Right. So some, some people don't have to get into that space, but before you do anything, you're always going to work for somebody first. Yeah whether that's your parents, <laughs> whether it's something, or whether whether you plan somewhere, somehow, some yeah. capacity. Some people skate through. by. Yeah. Some people, but that's, that's you know, far and few. You know, you think about a prime example is a undercover boss. Yeah. Some of those people skate by. Yeah. And the reason we know they skate by is because they don't know anything about the industry that they manage. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an absolute travesty. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I give you an example, a guy was, um, owner, CEO of um, uh, White Castle. Uh. <laughs> Man, if you don't, if you can't work to drive through White Castle on a Friday, Saturday night, you don't know anything about your company. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know yeah. No, that's a different space. Yeah. And so knowing that, why is being the boss exhausting, right? Because you got to worry about every little thing, right? So I know that you got to you sit home and you have a different pay sheet that you're looking at when we're going through all the people, all the parents and everything. So that's a that's a different type of worry, right? When you got different things, little details that you know will make or break the company that everybody below you won't be cognizant of. And you're making sure that they don't because you want them to focus on what they're doing because as long as they're doing that well, then we can buy some time. To get, yeah, we're behind time for you, sure. You know what I'm saying? We can buy some time to get there because as long as these guys are feeling good because this is what everybody sees, then I got some time to fill out and you know find ways to make the paperwork a little bit easier or the taxes to deal with and all these other nonsense things. So being a boss is exhausting, you know, but you got to prepare yourself to get up for that. And so um, with that being said, even the boss needs to have somebody to turn to. Mm-hmm. Right, even have somebody to turn to to outside of their circle, outside of their space, that their familiar space, their business. And so, do you have do you have that to where you have somebody that you can look to and be like, yo, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Like somebody you can uh, trust with those type, depending on what. You I, I, I do, I do, pe- I do have people I vent to. Um, I don't necessarily have anybody that I turn to in terms of um, outside of the company about what we're going to do going forward. Yeah. And the reason is because these people have experience in other industries, yeah. not this particular industry. Yeah. So I talked to them about certain other little things, but in, in, in terms of this industry, I basically only discuss things with my guys. Yeah. Because, you know, the people that we work with are the people that, Mm -hmm. are going to be depending on whether it survives or not. Yeah. So I'm not going to go to anybody on the outside to talk about what we're doing on the inside. So I talk to my guys, you know, and I hope that they would talk to me, you know what I'm saying? And um, I just go from there. And I know that sounds a little closed-minded sometimes, but hey, I'm going by experience. Yeah, because I've had some bad experience. Yeah, because you can have, like, because I think having a business mentor is important and, like, um, and and you know you in this day and you gotta be dangerous with it because sometimes there's, a, there's an information overload. <laughs> sometimes we all got access to too much information and it hasn't been vetted properly or sourced or anything like that. But um, there are avenues out there to where, generally speaking, as far as business goes, there's some best practices that you can reach out to somebody. Specifics when it comes to how you should scale a basketball business, nah. But when you're talking about like what type of indicators are there that allow us to do certain things? Because maybe, you know, we're going into the apparel side or this and that and we start to add stuff like that. And so for certain things, it's good to have a business mentor when you're young, especially when you're young. Now, when you already got the, you know, 15, 25 years of of um, you know, show improves yeah. trial and error experience is different because you are your own yeah. we, you know, we, background. But when you say uh, a business mentor, like that's you know, you're blessed to have that. Everybody doesn't have that. Yeah. You know, some people have been very successful in business and they didn't have that. They were the um, you know what I'm saying, you know, they were the first people to uh do it, you know, so. to do it themselves. So everybody's not gonna be blessed. If you happen to have that, 
you're, you know, you're thoroughly blessed, but everybody's not going to have that. You know, not, you could have somebody giving you advice, but they could be giving you bad advice. For sure. So, you know, it's just a, well, it's a 50, 50 books. That's another thing. Like if you, if even if you, if you aren't a reader and you don't have the mentor, you got to make yourself a reader (laughs) because a lot of the stuff you got, you know, if you didn't go to school, but in school they give you case studies. That's pretty much what a lot of the business stuff is. You learn from what other people already did. Mm-hmm. Those case studies are already readily available everywhere. And then you got certain books that you can go to to help you if you want to learn to some marketing strategies or whatever. So it doesn't have to be a physical or human for that business mentor, but you can go use a resource, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and make that happen. So do that. One of the last things that I want to get in for this topic is, um, is important because we always talk about this, always break it down because you got to have a life, right? You got to have a life. And we got a young man here, and there's probably a lot of young men that, that listen, balancing relationships, you know, balancing relationships in a, in a healthy way, whether it's friends, whether it's with a young lady, like when you're an entrepreneur or when you're an athlete, trying to figure stuff out, but anybody that's chasing after a goal, because you do still need that human interaction. Like that's just the way that is. But what, what type of advice would you have for that, for balancing the relationship? <laughs> you know, we don't, we can't talk too much like Hoopers right now. Right. Cause we do have a different, <laughs> a different lifestyle. <laughs> just, just balancing your relationship, man, is just, you know, first of all, it starts with the person you're with. They have to have an understanding in terms of who you are, you know, what type of makeup you are um, and what you want to do. Because if it's somebody that's, you know, um, very, how can I say, uh, protective of you, very clingy, then you probably are going to struggle in terms of being an entrepreneur. Because being an entrepreneur takes a lot of time, you know, when you're first starting out. And, um, you know, you have to, how can I say it, you know, <laughs> kind of bring yourself down a little bit off your pedestal and um, and start to concern yourself more with what the other person needs, you know. And, and so that way, even if you have limited time together, it's the most important time of your life when you guys are together. I, you got to make them feel that way. I feel like that's important too. For sure, man. Like, like if you if all day you are the top dog, yeah. like that's unrealistic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we we literally everybody is human. Everybody is made up of the same thing. We all have the same. All of us can wake up and die in the same day for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. None of us are invincible. So you kind of people can get put on the pedestal and stay there and kind of feel like the rest of the world is there. Like you need to go home and feel like, like I watched um, the pivot, and they were doing an interview with King Griffey Jr. and um, King Griffey Jr. He flies his own private jet, like he flies his own plane. I can see him. <laughs> right, right, because he said his dad didn't learn how to do it. Thirty six, so he didn't learn how to do it. And Ryan Clark was like, "Yo, you not normal." He, King Griffey said, "Yes, I am." He said, do you get yelled at when you go home? Ryan Clark was like, yeah. He said, I do too. <laughs> right? And you think about that, he was like, yo, my kids break shit. They throw the basketball around, baseball. They swing the bat in the house and they accidentally break something all the time. Like, it's the same thing. But that's important. Like, if you're going to be a big dog there, when you come home, you got to let that go. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like I couldn't imagine. Like that's, whew, you feeling being on that all day? Like, like nah, that's that's not real life, man. That's not real life. So, young buck, if you're gonna go out there and you're gonna go and you're gonna chase those dreams and you're gonna decide to do that with your friends, you know, keep some of those things in mind. Also, make sure that you are thinking um, logically and not emotionally. If you're gonna do a business, you gotta look at what adds value. What adds value. And so that's that's not a personal thing. It's not whether or not I like that person, that person's cool, but what adds value specifically to what you're going to do. If you're doing clothes, who can be a designer? Who can go find manufacturers? Who can design? Who can do this? Who can do that? You don't really need somebody to, I don't know, like do cold calling or some shit like that. Like what got skills that are transferable right then and there? Not about whether or not I want to make my friend grow into this position. But he's showing me or she's showing me that she don't want to do this. <laughs> well, when you guys are first starting, everybody's going to do stuff they don't want to do. So that's that, how you know if somebody really wants to be in the business. That, that's the bottom line. They may be good at design or whatever, but they may have to cold call. You guys are starting a business from from the bottom. Yeah. If they don't want to do that, then that, that may not be the person for you. So, you know, you have to have... Um, <clears throat> Certain, uh, how can I say it, like uh, mini tests to see if somebody's, you know, really going to be serious because otherwise you're going to be wasting your time, you know. I think he might have already started that. Oh, yeah? The same way I tested him. Okay. You know, well, asking, me, asking if they want a job. So give me three of the three of the main responsibilities you would have right now. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> Okay. Okay. So those are four pretty big things. What happens when you guys are in the mix and, um, you know, you're working long hours, like, are you going to supply the food? You going to bake? You going you gonna to bake for everybody? What, what, <laughs> what kind of bread do people bake though? Like, all I know is just go in the store and you just grab, you know? Oh, no, you guys have banana bread. Sourdough. A log, look, look. <laughs> look, look, he dropped. You need to be making bread and selling it out the bakery. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no, man. That's that's good stuff. But we like that you're starting an adventure out into all that. So keep doing it. Anybody that's out there, um, you got an idea, do it. You know, make it happen. And you don't have to do it now. Sometimes working four or five years, gaining some experience making some dough while still working on your plan. That's cool. You know, everybody has their own timeline, but um, you know how it is, BTG Nation. I think this is where we will wrap it up for today, episode 12. Um, man. Man, for tonight, it's man, it's one, almost one thing. Yeah, hey, but listen, though, we might have some special stuff coming up. I know I keep hinting at it, but some big news that came, and so we have been some... been saying that since 2017. Man, we're getting there. We're getting close to it, though. But BTG Nation, you know what it is and how we ended. It's a post-game wrap-up time. Um, I'm going to go first and, and let OG get his, his thoughts together. This is something that I actually was um, listening to another podcast, um, and they ended it with this. He said, the truth has consequences. If you deeply believe in something, you're going to have to make sacrifices. 
So it's going to be hard. It's going to be a struggle. But if it's something that you believe is worth struggling for, then you got to accept those things that come with it. And so um, with that being said, you will be battle tested. But at the end of the battle, if you're standing victorious, it'll all be worth it. You know, so that's what I, I like got. That. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was deep. Pre-game speech. We get ready for the weekend. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need it for sure. We all yeah, for sure. Um, mine is something um, I heard Coach K talk about the other day when I was watching the um, uh, the Redeem Team documentary, and um, he was t- talking to his players, and he basically said. You can't defeat your enemy if you don't know anything about your enemy. And it made me think about, um, you know, us in terms of, you know, being entrepreneurs and and running a business here in the UAE. And with so much competition with all the other basketball academies, all the football academies, badminton, tennis, swimming, um, there's just so many options for kids. And, you know, what we want to do is we don't want to just grab kids that just want to have something to do. We want kids to come in and, and, and grow a passion for the game. And so in terms of knowing our enemy, the competition, so to speak, not that we hate anybody, it's just our opposition for the time, you know, we want to try to uh, excel in areas where they may have some shortcomings. You know, and one of the things we, you know, we've heard a lot about was, you know, maybe customer service or, um, you know, the intimacy of the coaching, the personalities, um, you know, and relaying of knowledge. Hmm. And so, you know, you know, when Coach K said that, that really, really, really resonated with me in that, man, that's that's how we have been able to survive here. Yeah. You know, and um, we found ourselves doing that stuff, but that's what we do anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't that hard to, um, you know, to to get it going. So, you know, can't defeat any can't defeat your enemy without knowing anything about your enemy. So do your research um and prepare yourself for whatever battle it is. You know, whether it's, you know, in the workplace, sports field, you know, relationship, you know, you gotta know who you're dealing with. That that was like the perfect benchmark too. We got when we started to get those inside, you know, reviews from parents from other places, and they let us know what the struggles were. It was like, because from the outside looking in, we don't really know. We just see numbers. Yeah. It was like, yo, they going up in numbers, blah blah blah. But once we hear, we like, oh, they slowly falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, all right, we just, you know, we just keep going. We just keep going. So. Yeah, know thy enemy. <laughs> BTG Nation, you know what it is. You know where to find us. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Um, Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB, Hoop Mountain AE. And you know, as my guy Willie Wade says, I do this. Keep it real, keep it simple, and keep going. Player and coach, the brother, the brother. They both got views that you need to discover. From sports, current events, to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk. Gotta tune in, you already know, G. This BTG Nation and you one of the homies. Just tune in, you already know, G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.